Hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Black Girls, our bi-monthly podcast featuring two black girls. Um, In today's episode, we really want to take an opportunity to speak to voting in particular. Voting is right on us. Folks have already started voting. We've had the highest number of early voters um, ever at this point because it is such a strong and important election going on. And so we want to talk through what exactly is this Black vote Um, And is it as simple as people say? If you've ever watched anything that relates to anything about voting and the election happening right now, you keep hearing this term black vote, black vote. But what is that? And then and and is it real for us as black people or is that just something that non-black people like to use as this label, this arbitrary label to make sense of whatever they have going on in their um, data analysis camps? So first let's just talk through that part in particular, Nicole. What is a black vote? Is that a thing? Or is this again, like I said, just something that non-blacks made up to kind of sound like they're considering black people? I think it's a real thing, but not, it's a, it's a, maybe I haven't been paying attention to previous voter conversations but i feel like it's it's a newer phenomena so to speak so like you have voter terms like swing states and um um those type of terms i feel like black vote goes under goes under that umbrella of this newer political term and it the same way we think of a swing state in that you know it's a state that's critical to win the election, I think that's where this black vote term comes in. It's it's the group of black people. I don't even know that it's all black people. It's the group of black people you need to target to swing the black vote as a whole, to swing the election your way, is how I think of it. So yeah, so I pulled up um, the Pew Research Center. Uh, and they have an article that they just released actually the last couple of days. Um, titled Key Facts About Black Eligible Voters in 2020 Battleground States. And what they're saying here is they're saying that um, really when we're talking about the Black vote, it seems as though folks are actually referencing, like you said, those key states, those battleground states, those, those states where it really matters how Black voters are turning out and who they're voting for. And so they have listed Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Um, and they're saying that the eligible Black voters in those particular states um, are is a higher percentage than the eligible voters in general, in any of those states. So in those particular states, the registered number of eligible Black folks who can vote outnumbers the eligible number of voters from any racial demographic in those, what was it, nine states um, for this particular election year. So, okay, that's like nine states. Was that nine? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, that's nine states. Like granted, Black folks have a big influence in those nine states, but nine out of 50 doesn't really seem like a lot. So, again, is the black vote a real thing or is that just like with these nine states, it's not even half of our country. These nine states have a black vote, you know, 
I hate to keep using the word thing. My synonyms aren't up to date today. Um, but, <laughs> but like those nine states have, you know, this percentage of black folks who they are like actively looking at and actively trying to commission to vote for them. Because uh, it's also saying that 63% of the registered black voters, and this is a national statistic, are extremely motivated to vote, which is a huge deal because historically, Black folks have voted for Democratic candidates. And so to have 63% who are extremely motivated to vote in this 2020 election is a huge thing. I'm just wondering, so I'm not dis disagreeing with that. I'm just wondering if that's enough to say that we there's a such thing as a Black vote in general. Well, I think that if, if there wasn't, it's there is now more than ever or or it's more prominent now because it's not so obvious like i feel like when obama was running the black vote so to speak was going for the black guy so which also happened to be the democratic party so it was kind of easier to assume or not have to worry about where the black vote was going to go just a matter of hey black people you know this is our time to shine so to speak i think this election highlights it so much more if it's a thing because you really don't know which way it's going to go i mean yes historically blacks have voted for the democratic party but i have seen more blacks for trump commercials this year than i've ever seen black as a whole endorsing the republican party at least commercially so I think that if it wasn't a thing or if it was a thing that went by a different name or if it was a thing that we weren't as concerned about for whatever reason in light of black everything for 2020 it is it is a thing right now um so I guess the the bigger answer to your question is yes the black vote is a thing the black vote you know is a is a thing but what I don't know is who encompasses the black vote? Are we talking about older black voters? Are we talking about mm -hmm. voters, black voters that haven't registered yet? Because you know, you've seen several different articles about particular superstars or particular folks who this is their first election voting. And we're talking about people in their upper 30s, 40s, 50s. And it's just unfathomable that this is your first election for whatever reason voting. So it, it is, is the black vote I, while I do believe it's the swing vote, I don't know which group of Black people we're talking about. Are we talking about the up-and-coming 17-year-olds that just turned 18, where, you know, their first voice matters? Are we talking about those folks who haven't registered historically and this is where they decide to, to put their hat in? Are we talking about people who historically voted Democratic and we're trying to get them to adjust their palate to not necessarily looking at the party, but what the party is promising. Um, so it, it just, who they're speaking to, I'm not sure. They're not talking to me, but I don't, I don't really know who the black vote encompasses, but I will say, I, it, I think it's a thing. So you just said a lot that we need to unpack and I did not do a very good job. I should have been taking notes while you were talking because because <laughs> you said a lot. So I'm trying I'm, fin I'm finishing here and try to run through it in my head and tell me what I missed. Um, 
just so that we can make sure that we're capturing it and we're addressing some of the things that you were saying, because you bring up a lot of good points. So one thing that you mentioned is who are these people that they're referencing when they talk about the black vote? Because there are like blackness is not, um, what do they say? Blackness is not monolithic. You know how I am with my letters, right? So like we have so many dimensions to us. So to say that there is a singular black vote is unrealistic. There's so many differences amongst us when it comes to education, when it comes to our income, when it comes to our region, where we live, all of these different things, our age, um, our religious beliefs. So to group us in that way, I think is irresponsible. So that's one thing that I feel like we can tackle and unpack. Um, Another thing that you talked about is like, are you talking about the older folks? Are you talking about folks who... um, have traditionally voted and now we're wanting to continue to have their vote? Are you talking about folks who are older and have not traditionally voted? Are we talking about these young folks who are just now entering into the age of voting? Like, uh, according to this article, they're saying that four out of every 10 Black people who are eligible registered voters are either millennials or Gen Zers. So that kind of answers that question, right? So almost half of the Black vote is from folks who are age 18 to 40, basically, right now um, for this 2020 election. And then a third piece that you named uh, was about does the Black, is the Black vote focusing on a party, a person, or policy? Okay? And I think that that brings up a great question because I do think that especially when we start looking at the fact that four in 10 are folks who are between the ages of 18 and 40, like at least from my experience as someone who falls in that category, I'm looking at policy. Um, And so that does bring up a lot of questions about, like you said, folks who are just now coming out and they're asking a lot of questions. We've had a lot of celebrities come out and and surprise us recently with just a lot of like endorsements and, just comments and statements that have been made that seem to be anti-Black or anti-Democratic or anti-tradition because of what we've known in terms of like historically, it seems like, again, from my seat and my perspective, as a relatively new voter, this this will only be my fourth presidential election um, that I'm able to vote in. And so I'm relatively new when it comes to the presidential election, you know, gambit or whatever right and so like historically we were taught you vote democrat or you vote for this or you vote for that because those are the people who care about us but now when we do have like these younger voters coming in it's like no yes democrats have historically maybe considered us in these different ways but is that still the truth when we're actually looking at the breakdown of the policy Um, and we're actually trying to educate ourselves on what are people standing for? Where is money coming from? Because I ask that question all the time. I've been boycotting a lot of businesses lately when I started finding out that they were like huge Trump supporters. It's like, I cannot continue to give you my money and you support somebody who actively doesn't support me. But that's something that I'm paying attention to because that's I'm in that makeup of folks, right? Um, who are relatively new, who aren't just doing what everybody says you're supposed to do based on tradition. So of those three things, I feel like the second one, we don't necessarily have to unpack as much because I just gave a stat about four in 10 are millennials or Gen Zers. But of the first one that you named that I've already forgot, 
And then the second one that you, I mean, the third one that you named um, about like, why are people voting for policy person or party? Um, we could go a lot of different places with this, Nicole. So I'm going to default it back to you and punt it back to you. Default isn't necessarily the word. I'm going to punt it back to you because I'm curious to know what you're thinking after I just tried to organize what you said here a second ago. So I'll go straight into unpacking the third part because <clears throat> it it segues into so many different things that we're reading and seeing. You mentioned the surprise reactions that we're getting out of people that we would not have expected would have supported either the Republican Party or Trump. Um, I mentioned earlier that I've seen more Blacks for Trump commercials than I have ever seen endorsement of the Republican Party by race. So so wait, I have a question about that, though. Do you think that because you talked in our last episode about the way that media um, shares certain images and messages for ratings. Do you think that because I see that all the time, too, these black people who support Trump stuff. And every time he's at a conference or something where he's talking and running his mouth, there's always all these black people there. So, like, are there really that many black people or are they strategically seated, seated so that it seems like when the media's camera is panning that all these black people really support him in that way? So, blanket statement, yes. I think that... <laughs> I think that they I think that they are strategically placed. I think that the commercials are strategically run. But I also believe that there are a lot more closet voters for him amongst the black community than we may think. So it would not surprise me if he won or if we were to actually peel back the curtain and see more black people pressing the Republican button than we would expect. Um, but I think for media purposes, for propaganda purposes, it is being, it, it probably is a, a puffed up type of view or, you know, panning of the crowd in some places that he goes. Now in other places that he goes, I do believe he has a, a, a real black crowd. I mean, you know, he's rolling out things like the platinum plan and there's so much uncertainty around uh, some of the democratic policies or the democratic party as a whole, especially with, with the, just how it all started out. I mean, you know, we, we know now that we have Biden as our, as, as, the Democratic candidate, but just with the all the division amongst the Democratic Party to begin with, I think that that probably shied some Black voters away and to the Republican Party. So some of it I think is genuine, but some of it I do think is fluff um, as far as the Republican vote goes amongst Blacks. Okay, so then are we taking into consideration about like income and education level as well? You can if you want to get down to the demographics. Um, I also take into account, I believe the term is uh, groupthink. So, you know, mom and dad are voting this way. Me too. Um, husband's voting this way. Me too. Um, grandma says to vote this way. This is my first year voting. So, you know, grandma knows best. So 
I think that groupthink, which is the which is the the term used for um, rotating the same idea amongst a crowd of people without them necessarily thinking for themselves, I think is a is a is a thing. Um, but I think I think it's that way in every election. So I'm not going to say it's not in this election, but demographics do play a part. Yes. So, yeah, because I do think so. I think that that's what I was kind of trying to speak to a minute ago, just in terms of like why we have voted as black black folks a particular type of way traditionally because of like you're talking about this groupthink aspect of it. Um, arguably, that's what folks were saying, like one Trump the election in 16 because wives because um, folks were like, how did he get all these women to vote for him? And he was out here talking about he grabbed no vaginas, you know. And so, like, arguably, folks were saying, like, well, that's because these wives, while he was saying stuff that was reckless about women, they voted like how their husbands voted, you know, because that has traditionally been the way that women have voted. Um, and similarly, like you're talking about in the Black community, that's the same way with that. And so it makes me think, too, they're at one point, Charlemagne the God did an interview with Joe Biden. It was some months ago. And he said he made a comment where he was like, uh, Biden made a comment where he said, anyone considering voting for Trump is anti-black, you know? And then, so Charlemagne was like, wait a minute, you know, you can't just assume just because you're a Democrat that you have like the black vote, you know? So then like Biden's black staff had to come out and like help him like clean that up and clarify what he meant and things like that. You know, and he was like, well, no, you know, they were like, well, no, but what he was really trying to say is that if you look at his record um, and his response to things like police brutality and the mistreatment of black communities and things like that, like, that's why he's saying that rather than just because he feels like because you're black and he's a Democrat that he automatically gets your vote. But that has been a conversation point quite a bit in this election in particular, um, just around like, if you are black, does that mean that because our ancestors and folks who are under ancestors, like newer than them, whatever they're called, elders. <laughs> so our ancestors and our elders, because they've like historically voted in this way, is that what we're just supposed to do? And I know, I feel like the millennials are much less open about admitting that we're one way or the other when it comes to that. I think that we have a lot of millennials who are like, yep, that's right. I'm still actively, actively like following this groupthink way of, of voting. And then I feel like we have a lot of millennials who are also saying like, nope, I'm not actively following that. Like, that's crazy. You're not just going to tell me what to do. I'm educated enough myself. Um, I have a high enough income myself to consider like how being taxed more under this Biden plan would affect me and my family. You know, but I don't think they were as openly honest about it. I do think that the Gen Zers, though, are like, no, I don't care who you are. I don't know you. You know, if you're not doing what I stand up for and you're not supporting what I believe in, then no, I'm not going to vote for you or I'm not or I'm not going to vote. Hell, I think a lot of people are also saying like, or I'm just not going to vote. Like, I know this is important, but neither one of y'all care about what I care about. And I'm not going to just vote for you on the strength of I can and you need me to. Right. I mean, unfortunately, I think that there are those voters out there who also feel like, I don't know, I don't really know what Biden stands for, but I know I don't like Trump. So, you know, check Biden, which is a blind vote as well. Um, 
and I, I think I think that's partially how Trump got in because a lot of people were like, mm, I can't go with Hillary. I know I don't like Trump, but I cannot go with Hillary. Um, so I think that you have some of those voters thinking that way too with their feelings. You know, I don't like this guy. Um, but interestingly enough, he's made a lot of p- policy promises. You know, I mentioned a second ago his platinum plan. Um, so it's interesting to think about the fact that he really is roping some people in amongst the black vote because they like what he has to say compared to the Biden camp. I mean, so what do you think about that? Like, should they not? Cause you know, like that's what Ice Cube was getting all that flack for, right? Because he was saying, he, he created this contract with Black America and he presented it to both uh, sides. And Biden's side was like, that's something that we'll talk about after the election. Trump's side was like, let's sit down and talk about it now. You know, and, and wrapping it into their platinum plan and revamping their platinum plan with this $500 million investment in Black communities in particular and small businesses and things like that. And so he got a lot of flack for that. But to your point, right, like, where should the priority be? Um, because if you are saying that you want to, as a non-famous person, if we're saying we want to actively make sure that the things that we are going to have access to for the next four years benefit the, the people and the communities that we care about and who we love, and it just so happens that that benefit is coming from Trump, is it worth voting for him if you get that knowing that what's going to go missing possibly though is access to health care um you know access to immigration rights access to you know like right now we're having the big conversation about uh whether or not Roe versus Wade will exist like when we think about communities and stuff like that like having um, being allowed to have an abortion or have birth control or having access to universal health care and things like that, those things do benefit the black community at the end of the day. Now, we may not necessarily be the ones getting the welfare checks. As, like We don't have the highest percentage like they like to try to make it seem like in the media. But there are still a high number of us who benefit from these services and from these governmental services that Trump does not support. So is it like, which is what do you do? Do you support him pouring into black small businesses, knowing that you'll lose these other opportunities um, for folks who may not necessarily even have access to even come up with the idea of a small business? Or do you say, you know what, while that would benefit the small businesses, small black businesses, we still cannot compromise knowing that we'll have people walking around who have no access to Medicaid, Medicare, um, universal health care, like all these different things. Well, I think you have to ask yourself, first of all, is he telling the truth? Can I trust him? Or are these the cliche political promises that you make that sound good to get the vote? And I think if you're on the side of, let's just say, playing devil's advocate here, he is telling the truth and he's sincere in his promises, his platinum plan, which just... The PR for that person naming that <laughs> gets an applause from me because that is marketing 101. You don't have to like it, but it's marketing 101. 
Black folks love the top tier rate of anything. So for it to be the platinum plan, I just, I find that hilarious. Um, but I think, if you know, playing devil's advocate, still you take him at his word. Um, it's going to depend on where you fall. So I don't, I don't think that this is one of those elections where you think about the greater good, especially after the year you've had. So it's unfortunate to say, but if you're one of those small businesses that was caught up in COVID and you were really affected, you know, it sucks that everybody might not have health care, but you want to see your business back on its feet. You know, you want to know that somebody's thinking about you. And so it, it it's unfortunate to say, but I think if you do take Trump at his word, which he's very good at, he's very good at unifying the divide is how I'll word that. So he's, yeah. he's, he's good at bringing us together as a group, but standing in separate pockets. So yes, yes, I do want my small business back on back up and running. So I'm glad that you're paying attention to me. Unfortunately, them folks over there won't have healthcare. So it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, if you take him at his word, it's all about self. I mean, unless you're just one of those where his new America doesn't affect you at all or doesn't affect you as negatively and you can afford to be open-minded. But you could say the same thing on Biden's side because for the rich Black folks, there are some mm-hmm. of us that are rich. For the rich black folks, like at $401,000, I can't take another hit to my taxes. Mm, well, let me just say, <laughs> okay, they've already not had hits for four years at this point, okay? I mean... So it's not like it's an additional hit. It's, it's over you want me to not that they had previously. Can't do that. No, but I do think that you bring up a good point because... Um, because I, I definitely think that Trump is a liar. Let's just say that. He lies about things all of the time. But one thing that you, um, or at least I feel like I can stand on, is that when he does say that he's going to do something in terms of policy or something like that, that man be following through. Like, that's this time that he's not a liar. You know, so then it's like, dang, like you said you was going to build this wall and we all told you, we laughed at you and you built this wall. Dang, you said you was going to be out here like kicking people out of the country. And you did. Dang, you said like he really is out here doing like this outrageous stuff that he's accomplishing. You said you were going to undo Obamacare and you damn near did that, too. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, maybe this is one of those times. Maybe he's just a liar, like when it comes to things like we're doing great, even though everybody's dying during COVID. Tremendous. Tremendous. His word is tremendous. Tremendous. Yes. We're doing great. tremendously well (laughs) (laughs) we're historically tremendous (laughs) so yeah so like but you know so then that does make you question right like i don't like dude as a person you know he kind of shady however when it comes to getting this stuff done he's getting it done so maybe that this is the time to partner up with him and figure out how we can make sure that we do because that made me also think about our our previous episode about self-preservation or compassion you're right. Like after the year we've had, people are in a space of self-preservation. 
I'm sorry, homie. I know you don't have insurance, but shit, like I need my business to work. Or I'm sorry, uh, oh girl, I know you didn't have this baby you don't want to have and you want to have this abortion, but shit, like I need to have this money and this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I do feel like we are definitely going to, we're entering for sure into a space where this whole self-preservation thing is going to become even more prevalent than it has before in our already very self-centered, individualistic society that we live in. Right. Which I think is going to push more so than the black vote or the brown vote or any other type of vote is going to push a closet vote. I think that while you have a lot of people saying one thing, I really believe that when they get in the privacy of their booth, they're going to push the button that works for them. So then this makes me think about Kanye West and the birthday party. Is he creating more confusion for black voters or is he actually helping um, black voters by providing a third option knowing that there are so many folks who really don't like either candidate that depends on as a black person if you are still paying Kanye any attention (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think it's I think it's a race We've kind of just looked at him like he's not that he's not that retarded cousin. And I, I First of so all, let me not. OK, point. let me back up. Retarded is the wrong word. He's not the. Yes. OK, let me no. Let me move forward. When I say retarded, I'm not talking about a true mental disability. I'm talking about that nut at the barbecue. that can't never act right. That you just keep in the house out of company's way. OK, well, in the future, friend, just say nut. Okay. Well, because the other one is the embarrassing one that just you just keep him under wraps. Okay, we we kind of dismissed him anyway, and and would prefer he not represent us in some of the things that he says. However, if you're one that still takes what he says to heart, he to me is doing more damage than good. I think anytime you you go to split the vote and you can't take the majority you do more harm than good, Um, which has historically been the problem with, quote, the independent party. Um, Because you're either splitting the Democratic vote or the Republican vote or a mixture of both, which leads one candidate to win over another. So it, it just, it causes more confusion if you ask me, because personally, I think he supports Trump. So I would just prefer he come out as a Trump supporter and keep his mouth closed. Well, he did come out in 16. You know, he was wearing his, like, Make America Great Again hat, and that looked a mess on him. It's like his head just, them hats look so cheap. Um, but now, but but the reason why he came out as his own candidate this time is because he said he's disappointed in Trump. He feels like he didn't do enough of the things that needed to be done, particularly, you know, now that Kanye is um, an an open and active believer of Jesus Christ and all of that. Like he's particularly disappointed in Trump's misalignment to the Bible and Christianity and things like that. So I feel like Kanye stands for some of the things that black people want. Um, But to your point, right? Like he has said so many things that appear to be outrageous at this point where can we like, sir, we can't 
you out here having breakdowns on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I'm and let me just name this. Let me back up. I'm not anti him having breakdowns. Okay. I 127% support people sorting through their emotional feelings and experiences the way that they need to with the support and guidance of professionals. And prescriptions. Okay, whatever that may look like. I mean, right. So that could be a prescription for him. That could be a therapy dog for him. That could be a regular spiritual guide. I mean, whatever it is, like everybody has their different thing. And I think that that is a problem in our society in general that we, um, we make it very negative and taboo for people to express opinions and express pain and frustration in public spaces. And that's usually what he's doing. He's literally having these breaks because of this pain and this frustration and this trauma that he has lived through. So I am not anti him having a space and opportunity to do that because that to me makes him a human. Okay. In a, in a society where humans are not regularly like celebrated and allowed to be. However, my my issue with that is that he wants to be the commander in chief of the nation. And what is what seems to be instability, because I can't speak to his mental health because I'm not a mental health professional in that way. What seems to be instability out from the outside looking in could be a risk and a threat to our national security to because of other countries and their perception of his state of mind. So I'm not comfortable with him being that outwardly expressive because I don't want to say emotional because I think that has a negative connotation. I'm not comfortable with him being that outwardly expressive if he's going to take on that serious of a role because I don't want other countries looking at us and saying, their commander in chief can't even hold his shit together when he's giving a speech. Like this is the time to bomb these fools. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the time because we're gonna bomb him and he's gonna start crying and he's gonna do that, da, 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 da. You know, and that and whether or not that's true or not, I do think that that would be the perception. I do think that there are enough people in this in this globe who hate America enough who are looking for these different types of holes and weaknesses in our country and in our structure in order to be able to attack us. Well, now so that does say something about Trump. I will say ain't been a bombing. They haven't tried it. Girl, but that's because they out here killing us. Girl, what they mean? They out here killing us. In, like, cause we, which I also don't agree with. I don't agree with a lot of this foreign policy stuff. Okay. But if we're going to actively make the decision to send military people to these other countries, which is stupid, but if we're going to do that, then we have to also know that it is our responsibility to protect them. So they may not be bombing our mainland, but they're actively out here like killing and kidnapping and murdering and raping American citizens who are in their countries. And Trump don't care because them his friends, girl. And see, that's what I'm saying. But that is one thing that Biden is like. And and I know that that's something that usually is a deciding factor for black voters, because, you know, historically, black people don't support the military. Black people don't support war. Black people don't support, you know, we like guns. But if you talk about giving you a gun so that you can go fight for a country that, you know, what do black people say? That uh, stole me and raped me and, you know, all this other stuff. So they don't support the military in that way. Democrats usually don't support the military as much as Republicans do. Yeah, something about you going to fight for a country that doesn't fight for you or something like that. Yeah, there's some type of slogan. Um, 
I mean, listen, all I know is ain't nobody set foot in the U.S. and set it off. Because what he will do... That hasn't happened in years, though. Listen, because they know he, they know he'll nuke them. I know yeah. he's waiting to pay the little red button. He wants the scenario where we can nuke somebody. I feel like that. I feel like that's the case. I feel like that's the case. I feel like if he had to have a tumultuous year, he would have rather it been something visible like violence where he could go to war as opposed to something health-wise where he had to be a humanitarian. That is what's happening, though. That's what's so crazy. That's, and you are exactly correct. I never even looked at it that way. But that is exactly what's happening in our country right now. Violence is happening. Now, it's not from foreign people, but our, we are in a civil war right now against ourselves and Trump does not care. Like this dude is out here talking about like, oh, such is life. Like he doesn't care. And so because like you're to your point, right? Like he's not anti that type of stuff. He wants us to be able to sort through what we need to sort through. However, how many black folks, brown folks got to die. However many women got to get raped. Like this dude is not tripping. I it think, wasn't until I think this that, pandemic hit. Well, I think that if he, I think that if he could clearly count the winning side, he would pick a side. But because you can't clearly count the winning side, like I can't really say Black Lives Matter because I don't know for sure enough Black people are going to come out and make sure I win. But then I can't really say White Lives Matter because white people don't like me either. So mm, I'll just let me just defer. That's his thing. He's not really wrong. Let me just defer. Look over there. So I think that on the flip side, if it were somebody like a stranger coming in, it's like, okay, as America, we have to fight this. So I don't know. I don't agree with you. I think he has he has picked a side for sure. Whenever he speaks to white, whenever people ask him about white supremacists um, and white nationalists and all this other stuff, and he he says positive language, like he's like, you know, they're great citizens and they're they're just doing what they want to do. And then what did he say in this the first debate? Like, tell the boys to stand back and stand up or something. Stand like back. That. He said stand some crazy back. Shit. So he's he has picked a side. Like he absolutely believes that in this civil war, the people who matter to him are white, poor, because let's be clear, white people. They're white, poor, country, racist ass white people. Those are the ones who matter to him. Um and he has made that known. The only time I feel like where he was not as clear about the about who he supports in this civil war that we're in right now was in this last debate when somebody gave him a sedative before he got on that stage. Well, well, but he didn't come out with a redneck plan. He came out with a platinum plan. So <laughs> again, because he's pandering to us. <laughs> it's very strategic in how he really lays his support. Which I cannot argue with. It, I mean, it's politics at its finest. It really is. Um, and that's that's what Charlamagne the God keeps saying. He's always like, I understand why black people support him because he is targeting us. Like he he got ads. You see him. He talking to us. He's asking us questions. They sitting down. They having meetings. You know. He also out here saying it's okay, white man, to to kill us. But uh, <laughs> for those of you who are living, but I'll talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't know. So I guess the moral of all of that is, uh, especially because they talked a lot about Georgia and Florida in particular, of those battleground states, um, those are some of the states where Blacks have 
the lowest income and the highest rates of unemployment and um, um, no health care. So this is the time. This is the time for us to go out, whether we believe black vote, a black vote is a real thing or not. This is the time for us to go out and stand in these hotlines. Thank God I was able to uh, mail in my ballot. Lord Jesus. But this is the time, y'all. We got to do what we got to do um to 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 vote however we want to vote obviously i'm biased but i can't tell y'all what to do but vote however we want to vote so that um we don't have another four years of what we just had because even if trump is returning into office i think that so much has happened in this year and especially with this election and now that like you said nicole we have a platinum plan um i do think that something will be different ultimately regardless of which candidate is in office um, something will be different. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see um, in about a month's time, because I think it's going to take that long to count and and get over the you cheated, you cheated, you cheated kind of thing. Um, you know, they um, I, I feel like I just read this. This is why it's such a big deal about the Supreme Court uh, nomination with that chick. Um, I'm pretty sure the Supreme Court just ruled that we don't have to do any extensions on any of that stuff. Like they're not going to do any extensions to count things. I know they're also not doing any extensions for the census, which is also another huge deal. Mm -hmm. We're talking about like electoral college and stuff like that in the future. But I want to say they just voted to not do any extensions on ballot counting either. And that's pretty significant. So anyway, now that you say that and you bring that up, that means we need to be out here early voting, y'all. Yeah, which is quickly coming to a close because mm -hmm. the month is quickly coming to a close. But but you bring a good point. We do need to spend some time at some point in one of our podcasts discussing how important the census is. This has been one of the few counts where there's really, really been a push um, to stress the importance of people being counted. And there, there were a lot of people that did not submit their consensus this year or consensus census this year. I mean, in light of everything that went on, it wasn't exactly in the forefront of people's minds. But I do wonder what the ramifications of that will be as far as the electoral college and grants and funding and all that going forward. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But it all ties together to our listeners uh, who didn't take political science as a major. It all <laughs> ties together. and it's. Very important. Um, so I'm gonna move right into, I'm gonna move away from the black vote into the black financial term, everybody's financial term actually, because the finance world is what I do. So this is where I'm more comfortable speaking. Today's financial term, because we're going through our, our financial dictionary, so today's financial term is earnest money. Earnest money, you may be familiar with if you already have a home, if you recently bought a home, but if you haven't, or if you're looking to in the future, earnest money is basically good faith money. It's money that you put down as a, a trusting gesture that you're serious about buying a house. So it can range between one to 5% of the cost of the house, but it essentially buys you more time with the seller to get various things done, like appraisals, inspections, things like that, um, before you actually purchase the house. So it's like a 
it's it's different from a down payment, but it can go towards your down payment. But it's 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 good faith money. So you're saying, you know, I've now got some skin in the game. I'm serious about this purchase or considering this house. And so, you know, hold this amount of money while I get things in order to make this purchase. And of course, a lot of times <clears throat> if you are not serious about the house or you flake on your purchase, then you forfeit the earnest money. So for a lot of people, um, it really is important because it's usually a few thousand and um, you know, it just proves that they have skin in the game, kind of holds their place as the buyer. And, you know, nobody wants to give up thousands of dollars just because they were playing around with whether they wanted to purchase something. So it usually shows that you're a little bit more serious. So, but it is different from the down payment. So earnest money is good faith money, essentially. Well, all right. I did not know that. Thank you for teaching me something today. Nicole. Okay. So um, for my corner, for Cheryl's corner, where I'm sharing gems to make us better. I am sharing a, it's not really a quote, but it's a statement from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, um, that they posted online. So I'll just read out what she says. She says, another often asked question when I speak in public Do you have some good advice you might share with us? Yes, I do. It comes from my savvy mother-in-law, advice she gave me on my wedding day. In every good marriage, she counseled, it helps sometimes to be a little deaf. I have followed that advice assiduously, and not only at home through 56 years of a marital partnership, I have employed it as well in every workplace, including the Supreme Court. When a thoughtless or unkind word is spoken, best tune out. Reacting in anger or annoyance will not advance one's ability to persuade. And so um, that's something that I personally am trying to internalize. I know that uh, I used to have a a boyfriend a long time ago who would always tell me, um, you get more bees with honey than you do vinegar. And uh, I guess that's true. So I think that like one thing that I know that I could actively work on is not always commenting or having an opinion about something that I would necessarily agree with because it doesn't drive progress forward. It usually does not drive progress forward, right? Because when she's saying like reacting in anger or annoyance will not advance one's ability to persuade. If the ultimate goal is to persuade someone of something or to build trust or to reach a consensus of some sort, then not being deaf oftentimes ain't going to get you there. So she has lots of wise words, but I think RBG hit it on the head with that. Well, really her savvy mother-in-law hit it on the head with that one. And I think that that's really powerful, um, especially when thinking about as women, um, we have to do this a lot in order to be able to move people the way that we know we need to. Uh, So that's it. And for our listeners, assiduously, is an adverb meaning with great care and perseverance. Oh, thanks. So there was another word in that that I didn't know how to say. I just skipped over it. (laughs) (laughs) Assiduously. That's like the fingertips thing. I gotta, I gotta practice that. Okay. So to our listeners, (laughs) 
I can't say Barack the vote. I don't know that we have a cool slogan this particular time around for voting, but um, rock the vote, I guess. And um, if you haven't early voted, definitely get out there and vote early. Or if you're submitting an absentee ballot, get that in. If you're going to the polls on November 3rd, God bless you. Stay safe and and COVID free. Um, And pack a snack. And pack a snack. Wear a diaper. Um, don't go by yourself so someone can save your place in line. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I just, I, I did an absentee ballot. So I, I, yeah, we're done. Um, peace and love manager 24, try to make it through, through this last work week or so of the, of the month. Happy Halloween. I know that's coming or is here was upon us. I'll be saying happy Thanksgiving. Technically, it's today. Oh, there you go. All the days are running together for me. So, you know, <laughs> all of our ghosts and ghouls, happy hunting. And um, we will see you guys in two weeks. Yes. And I'm going to add, too, before we close out, Nicole, I've been hearing a lot. A lot of people have been reaching out to me just with, like, feedback um, and just excitement for the episodes that we've been putting out lately. Thank y'all so much. Um, we're going to ask that you just continue to subscribe, continue to share us with your your friend groups and your networks and so that we can continue to get our message out. Um, and please feel free to share those same thoughts and opinions and questions and conversation points with us via email at podcast2blackgirls at gmail.com or on Twitter at pod, P-O-D, to the number black girls we want to be in conversation with you all and y'all are saying some really um, interesting things to us on a personal level and so we'd love to be able to just have a dialogue with you in a more public space so we can invite some more perspective into the conversation so thank you thank you